away from you. Don't you dare make another drink. Don't you dare. I'm warning you, don't do it. Were you doing your business with Sheila? Were you doing your business? Were you, where, 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 were you doing your business with Sheila, you rat bastard? You rat bastard. Were you doing that with Sheila, you rat bastard? Get away from me. Yeah. Hands off me, you pig. You know, I could call you mommy and you wouldn't know the difference. Mommy. Mommy. Mommy, get me water. Get me turnips. <laughs> yeah. You're not a man. You know, real man. He grabs a woman, he takes her by the neck and says, everything's gonna be all right. Oh, what? What, you gonna hit me? Yeah, that's what I thought. You don't even know what it takes to put your flesh against someone else's. You just sit. That's all you do. You sit, you sit, and you sit, and you wait for someone to come by and tell you what to do. Well, you know what? I ain't gonna do it no more. I'm not gonna sit. I'm not gonna wait around for anything. I'm gonna swim. I'm gonna fly. I'm gonna be the best goddamn person that ever fucking existed. You hear me? I'm it, baby. I am it. So, the one thing that I will take away, I think, from this first half of the season of Pen15, season two, is the way... (laughs) The way that Maya says "mommy" when she's giving that monologue, oh, oh, in her in her head when she's having her her Mallory Church moment, yeah, yes, it was <laughs> "mommy." Ah, <laughs> uh, what a like! I didn't see it coming, and then it was it was perfect. It was such a great idea to give us like instead of us having to just kind of endure, quote unquote, endure like bad acting, like bad middle school <laughs> acting. We get amazing, ah! amazing. Yeah. yeah, she's like really good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was like the the episode. I mean, episode six and seven, like everything about the play, you know, oh. was just for theater boys. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, <laughs> I was just so happy with what happened with the character of Gabe and how what they explored with Gabe and like mm. it just it was like. I, I was kind of hoping for this. I was hoping that season two would somehow have a gay character or some kind of gay narrative. And like they did it perfectly. Yeah, I agree. It started with, um, and I do want to keep talking about mommy. Of course. And that, yeah. that nuance of her licking her teeth went with her closed lips. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Make that gif immediately. But anyway, so yeah, let's, we could just queen out a little bit about the gay storyline here because it started with, Ah, uh, something that I just was, I was shocked. I felt seen and attacked where he votes for Ian when he finds out that people think Ian is gay. Yeah, just like all of a sudden Ian becomes this like, it's like this fixation, this point of interest. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. there's a, there, there's some gold in these hills. There's a clue here. There's something that looks like what I'm looking for here. And I, I just love how it, 
it gets explored in such like a show not tell kind of way. I yes, you know, it's like if you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just, I mean, the character of Gabe was such a funny little supporting character in the first season, and I just am so happy that he was such an integral part of se- of season two. I just like. Yeah. Talk about Gold in the Hills. Like that was a character that right. there was so much to explore. And uh and I think for as much as Maya and Anna speak to so many girls who grew up at that time, I just felt as seen with Gabe. You know, it wasn't my exact story, but it was close, you know. And there's so many other things, especially with AIM and boy sleepovers that they just started with. But like let me tell you, that whole sequence when he was sleeping over Sam's and you know, their the their their blankets are over them uh-huh. completely. Mm-hmm. Watching the soft core porn, right? right. It's soft core, right. right? And and the man comes in, and that's when Gabe starts to feel things. And then when he's lying down, and he, it's not, it's not like this X-rated Sam thing. It's just he's thinking about Sam. Yeah, yeah. There's just like he. I think. It's so how that happens is he realizes like well into it that he has feelings for Sam. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it, it's like he realizes before someone else might realize or after or yes. after someone else might realize like he. Right. Uh, like that that feeling of like, oh, oh, and I've actually had feelings like this is something that I'm just kind of becoming aware of is just so real and so true. And he's just such a sweet little angel like oh my god with the sandwich when he's eating the sandwich sandwich. (laughs) like one of i think one of the funniest moments of the whole season that i like rewound and just like screamed at was when they were doing the cute accues and like anna was having them do the lines really quickly and at one point gabe goes what are you gonna divorce me and he like does it really quickly with these arms it's so fucking funny well, that whole sequence is a, like an entire episode oh. just about what techies do to actors oh. and oh. that whole dynamic. It felt more high school than middle school, if I'm being totally honest. That was my experience. But I was fine with yeah. it. But like Anna, the minute Anna got into the garb and the headset the and the tool belt, the tape, the tape, the tape. I just the keys. The keys. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anna, just it was such a like everything between like how she sits how she sits on the sets backstage uh-huh. there were so many details that were like oh you know you know and the other kids know. too like her her little ex-boyfriend and his girlfriend they were oh. such mm-hmm. fucking techies oh. yes oh my god yes. it was uh, like and and the like bruce lee quoting freshman i mean oh god he was brilliant yeah he was it was brilliant. just all so and i genius. think he's gonna have a bigger part yeah he's certainly gonna have a i feel like there's something up. developing between him and anna which i i kind of yeah. like because you know anna is just like it i think this season last season it was a little bit the same but this season i very much felt like the the big plot points were really happening a little bit more to maya but anna is having this kind of steady narrative going on throughout like Maya's story is much bigger and louder and so is Maya and Anna's story is sort of like deeper and quieter you know oh and I love that about those characters especially with what Anna's struggle is Mm -hmm. which is to keep the peace which is to be quiet which is to not make anything stressful um and and so I, I I love that I think that the 
it's getting really heavy with that divorce. And uh-huh. I, th- I always think of you. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. Child of I divorce. Wonder. Oh, yeah. Child of divorce. I mean, uh, the, the yeah. disclosing of information, like, uh. it's, it is so accurate and so... Oh God! Like I, I mean, what do you mean disclosing of information? You mean the parents telling? Yeah, her? like the mother saying, like, well, fingers crossed, like, I'll, you know, the judge will rule in my favor. Oh, is that too much information? Like, to ask that after sharing it, it's just like, well, right. And like Anna has trained to be like, no, it's fine, you know, and right. Uh, oh my God, crying! Uh, <gasps> the last shot, uh, her crying into the wind uh, when her father is like, well, you're gonna have to choose. Oh, uh, I, I was like, oh. Oh, and, and Maya in the back seat. I was like, "This is." I know. Oh, uh, and, and it has to be real too. Oh God, it was. Know? It was just like those beats, like those, like those moments of like Anna just taking on the brunt of of something and turning away. Oh, uh, breaks my heart. Oh my God, her mother crying in the middle of a cast party at a restaurant. Uh, like, I've seen that. Yeah. Well, and that scene they had together, I thought was such a. I've seen in other shows and movies like there is kind of that not a reconciliation but kind of a like eventually two characters can like find a, a common wavelength but they didn't overplay it. It wasn't like there was a sense of forgiveness and understanding but it's still kind of fucked up. Like wait between Anna and her the mother. two of them at the rest Oh, Anna and her yeah. mother. Oh, that scene. I needed that scene. Mary. Oh, so did I. Felt I. So I felt so much for the for the mother. Yeah, I love the way that her mother like is like in the first season is a bit of a caricature, but she really came to life this season and was really given some yeah. great moments. Uh, oh, crying, talking through tears. Uh, the way that she just knew, allowing us to see that she is going through it. Yeah, like, this guy is a jerk. Yeah, and like in the first season, he is a little bit more of the sympathetic character, and yeah, and for right, it to switch, right. and like even earlier in the season, the way that. Now Maya's mother or Anna's mother knew Mora was bad news. Like the moment she jumped in the car, you know, like oh, I, oh, I love, I that. love that, yeah. like, that, just like that again. That show not Ugh. tell hint of like Kathy being like, I don't like this kid, and I, I that's so right. genius. Right. It's sort of like right. what um my so called life would do, where you would get the parents' perspectives at times, and mm. and it's the kind of thing where like that tells the whole story because the teenager is kind of an unreliable narrator. And so it's important to get the adult sure. point of view sometimes. Sure. And I mean, obviously we knew that Mora was, oh. you know, bad, but even uh, the uh, Maya's mom saying, saying, I don't, I don't like, like that this girl. girl. It's her fault. It's her fault. Uh, Maya's mom. <laughs> In front of her. Uh, oh, brilliant. Maya's mom. And then was so wonderful. Uh, this Maya's season. mom, Maya's mom in like the bath, yes. baths with Maya's mom. Oh, those scenes were beautiful. Oh my god, they were gorgeous. Yeah. just just her, you know, just just being a mother, being like, did you watch wash your vagina? Did you wash your Miss Vagina? You, <laughs> miss Vagina? Yeah, right. Like you, okay, you need room for your Miss Vagina mm-hmm. in the salad bowl, like that. The 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 frank conversations that you need to be talking about, yeah, about parts and stuff like I just love that. I love that addition because it's, I don't know it. It's making me feel good. Yeah, well, <laughs> that there's good good parents, right? And you, you, know? you want to see like I mean, there's so many scenes of Maya fighting and and conflicting with her parents and Anna as well. That like you kind of crave these moments where they connect and and you know i i love that one moment it's like the first bathtub scene when maya's mother says like 
you know, who cares what other people think? And like the way she said it uh, just like got through to me. I was like, oh, I love this. I love how wise she is. And like, she's a good mom. Like it's, it's so easy to kind of just make the parents seem crazy or kooky. But I love that there's a lot of good parents on Pen15. Mm, I mean, there's two good parents. Well, oh, and oh, and and I liked um, what's his face's uh, mother, Gabe's mother. The obs- no, the one who was obsessed with the water on the wood floor. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Nope, still too wet. Yeah, I loved. I you know what? It reminded me of how much, how much I missed that in my own upbringing. That I always liked when other kids' parents, like my friends' parents had rules and disciplined Mm -hmm. like the friends. Whereas my mom, she didn't go there. I had to say, Hey guys, don't do this. Hey guys, we have to make sure this is clean. Right. But this mom comes out. She's like, Hey, the rule is you can't go in with wet feet. Right. Like I love that. Yeah. Well, and it's, (laughs) I, I feel like the parents are just, you know, like Maura's mother is so fascinating to me. Oh, oh, that mother. That, oh, that You mother. know, like, I know that <gasps> she's not perfect, but I sympathize with Leanne, you know? Like, she's, I, I think that she's fucking up by spoiling her kid, but her kid's a nightmare that she's just like, I don't know. I think Leanne is such a finely drawn character to only have, like, one scene, you know? I, there still needs to be so much more told about Leanne for me to really kind of get her because she came off more as a caricature of the rich mom that just ju- the only way she knew how to connect with her daughter and her daughter's friends is to give them things. And I experienced that when I grew up in, you know, my affluent town that there were, you know, those parents that were like, Hey, what do you want? Oh, I'll buy this for your friends. Oh no, you have to look good for the yearbook. I'll buy this. You know, all of that. Like the, even, even like three Gatorades, three Powerades. Yeah. Three Powerades. It's like, what? She buys everything in bulk. (laughs) Like it, but like all of those details, the having the house full of snacks and buying having all the frozen snacks, like, Oh, even Mary. the way she dressed, the way she looked, and like, I just, I, I guess I just recognized this woman. I completely recognized Same. this woman, and I think what we're really hinted at is like, Mora. Yes, she's spoiled, but she also has some issues. She has like, and and oh, there's like a borderline yeah, thing going. There's on some there. real issues yeah. there, and I, I think that it'd be very easy to just say, oh, Leanne just like spoils her daughter, but it's like, no, she just doesn't know how to deal with this kid other than just giving her what she wants to just like mitigate conflict because the conflict is so explosive, you know? Oh, <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Oh my God. I, that, I do want to like really deep dive into that storyline, you know, this, the house full of snacks, the gigantic house that's not filled with any people. Yeah. Right? Like, uh-huh. like rooms no one goes in. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is a thing. Like the whole basement with a bathroom down in the basement uh-huh. and the pool table and the huge TV. And like it, that, there is so much that I've experienced with that. Um, and then how kids are, how those kids are, how it's just expected, how that, um, the 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 intercom system did we even get like uh confirmation that it even worked yeah because her mother does bring in oh, milk at okay. one point like i think that it does work uh milk milk <laughs> uh 
Like there's definitely it's an it's yeah that's an interesting like dark detail like oh god like she uses the intercom and her mother is just like oh it's just that that uh. kid was I mean and that little actress I gotta give it to her like uh, who played more oh. it was a really really smart performance oh there was I don't know how they trained her or what they told her to get into that character's head because the one scene that I was impressed the most was when. They're in the classroom, and she finds out that uh-huh. Anna and Maya didn't invite her to go shopping. Yeah, and and it pulls that thing that we've all experienced middle schoolers pull, and then immediately turn it back when they're BFFs. Yeah, it, it, there was so many like I mean the script is and the direction is just like really obviously uh. contributing, but like she. All of the emotional notes she played was like, oh, God, I know this. I know this girl. Yes. I know this dynamic. I've been in this. I've been in this as an adult. I've been in this as a kid. Like, this is – it was just – it was such a nuanced, specific energy and dynamic that I was just like, I can't believe you guys knew this. I can't believe you knew yeah. how to do this. This is so yeah. smart. That girl, that girl that she did, I think, actively, like, that's part of her – whatever disorder she has, this character's disorder, to come between them because she is jealous about their friendship mm-hmm. and found ways to be divisive. The one being the three-way calling trick Ugh. that we've all experienced. Yep. 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 That was her idea and she knew how it was going to end. And then the whole like at the sleepover, yeah. you know, going in between them, hugging her, she's, you know, the period stuff. Oh, my God. But she does it like, with everybody at the sleepover. She's like an Edward Albee character. Like, she just keeps oh, turning people on I each know. other. Oh, I, it was so brilliant. <laughs> oh. Well, and I, it was brilliant. Right? It was. And I love the return of Becca. You know, I love that. Oh, Becca is. Becca's I back. love that character. I love that character. I always love that character. You know, she was like a little uh, bit nicer this season. And she wasn't really in, mm-hmm. a, in probably any of the other episodes, but was like featured. No, she was sleepover. Wasn't. But right. I, I did like that there was, you know, because all these kids like aged, you know, they like, I was like, oh, that's Heather. Right. Oh, you know, like, I was like, <laughs> Sam, you're really growing up. I was, it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Sam's 16. Sam's 16. Now, yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, geez, like. <laughs> <laughs> These kids like, but so I was just happy to see them back. You know, like it's the office does this where like as the seasons go on, the supporting characters kind of become their own people. And I think Ooh. Gabe was a great example of that. Oh, that let's circle back to Gabe because the so you wanted to talk about Gabe's mom. Oh, Gabe's mom. I just I you know the the show throughout last season and this season it just it's such finely drawn characters. Like what was um. What's that boy's name who Anna dated? The the little the little Oh, uh Brant? No, no, that No, that's the finger I'm like guy. Blanking uh, on that kid's name. Um Oh <laughs> I can't believe I can't think of his name. Uh I can look it up. Oh I love I love that character. But like his mom, uh, we see we meet his mom in the first season. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. And like he's so mean he's to so her. He's so mean yeah. to her. Um oh his name is uh Alex. I'm going. No, no, it's not Alex. Oh, no, no, it's not. It's not Alex. Brendan. No, my name is not Susan. Yeah, Brendan. Uh, yeah, Brendan. Brendan. Okay. So, there like, is. it reminded me of meeting Brendan's mom in the first season, and like, we meet Sam's parents. They're the ones that Anna sits with and sings the Bagel Bites commercial to. Oh, I love talk, that. She's like, I, I could just talk to you guys for hours, and like, <laughs> they're just all of the parents are so 
like I know these fucking parents. Like it's just so smart. And I just thought like like Gabe's mom. You know, I love the idea of like she's so cute. I'm not even gonna you know make you keep the the bedroom door open. And there's a little bit oh, of that like right. mom just being so grateful that like her like little weird son Gabe listening to that gay music is like having a quote unquote normal, you know, evening with a girl. Like I, when, when they cut, when this, the scene of Gabe in his room listening to whatever that music was, I was like, Oh God, I, I like, cr- I crawled into my rib cage because I just was like, I know this all too well. I have been that kid. Uh, uh. Uh, I mean, there's so many times when I was that kid, Gabe, yeah. right? Whether it's like developing that weird obsession with the kid that everybody else called gay. Ian, yeah. Whether it's it's using the fact that he gets to kiss a girl in the play as his beard. Yeah. You know, the way that all of that. Also, yeah. Also kind of being into dating Maya, right? At first, like he also, at least the storytelling of the show there was this like attraction to Maya, but it wasn't sexual. There was another type of attraction to Maya. It just was different than Maya's, which also wasn't really an attraction. It was the idea of, of having a boyfriend or having a girlfriend. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I love that. Well, I think having Ian in the room, having this other, like, Oh, you like the spidey sense goes off of, Oh, there's another gay kid in the room. Like it's an interesting way of him kind of resisting, that recognition like there's that scene when he's at the water fountain and then Ian is talking to him and saying oh you know giving him a compliment or they're having some moment of connection and then Sam and Jafir show up and you know then in oh, front right. of them Gabe says oh like this homo gets to kiss Anna so who's the homo now faggot and like right. having to play right. that like it was so yes. that's what I got yeah yep. like it, I just I, I knew that struggle I knew that that coding and that pivoting and uh, like it just Gabe, again, he's just such a special little, he's a special little guy. Special little guy. He's such a great little actor and a great character. And I thought, what a gift to get like such a, so much time with Gabe at this season. Oh my God. To be sick when they were going to have their first kiss and all of the excuses that night. Mm -hmm. And then, and then on stage to have the, the hand because he knew that trick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was like... (laughs) I just, I need, you know, Nick and I did an episode on like season one of Pen15 on Best Supporting Podcast and it was before obviously season two came out and we were saying like, oh, I, I, I would love for them to explore like a version of this narrative, but like being gay at this age. And it, it just felt so good to see that. I was like, I, this mm-hmm. is a show. I mean, I, I don't really think like a love Simon or whatever is for me, but like the way that it explored Gabe's experience in middle school being gay, I was like, I could take a whole show of this, just focusing on him the way they focus on Maya and Anna. Right. You know? Right. I think there are, I think there's at least an Australian show like that, but it's rooted in Australian culture. So Mm. it's different than like the U S nineties going to the Virgin Megastore to find like Billy's Hollywood screen kissed on VHS Mm -hmm. to buy, you know, um, like, all of those things, coding within school, who you come out out to, the theater being like a refuge, uh, just even how he had to play that very masculine alpha character with Maya, mm-hmm. and that was the theater teacher's only choice. 
Yeah, I mean, I certainly thought the casting was interesting. Like, I wondered, like, what was the audition situation that Gabe and Maya, like, these two weirdos got the lead roles, you know, over these, like, you know, sort of kids we know are, like, drama kids that are clearly supporting characters in this play, you know? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's, uh, and him getting the lead, like, that makes sense. The The supporting characters of a straight narrative, like Pen15, would be featured in the theater episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know it's a great I mean? opportunity to do that, yeah. Um, yeah, just much like the wrestling team, right? We got to learn a little bit more about that bro culture. And then I also appreciated how Sam was trying to his own way to fit in with these jocks, Yeah, and he couldn't. I, you know, I really like the character of Sam. I think he's a good so kid. So do I. I. I just, I think he's... Oh, he's a good actor, he's a too. He's actor. He, it's just like, oh, this is... This is I know who this kid is too. Like I, yeah, I'm just so impressed with like the the nuances and like just the the thought behind this show and like like the fact that they know these details, and they know how to bring them to life. I I'm just always impressed. It's like oh, like how did you know I went to school with all these kids? How did you know Brand? Know. You know. Yeah, no, oh, Brant, like that, the, when he was sitting on the bed eating Cheetos uh, during a party, yeah. watching that that show on Comedy Central that we all watched yeah. about the robot smashing. Yeah, like Robot Wars or something like that. It was like, oh, yeah. this, it felt like it was from the same world of like celebrity death match and things like that, right. you know? Right, exactly. Yes, that's all turn of the century, you know, 99, 2000s, and he... Uh, you know, I don't know if he's a good actor or not, but he certainly nailed this guy yep. that is is a jerk, but also like he didn't want any drama. <laughs> yeah, well, he wasn't like an act. I mean, he had his moments of kind of being an active jerk, but like it was it was when provoked and be kind of in performance in front of his friends. Like, I think there's right. always that nuance of like, instead of just showing someone be a bully, we see why they're a bully, you know, like, like why did he, like he, in last season, he says, I love you to Maya. Like there's something real there in that mm-hmm, kid mm-hmm. that's being hidden. So it'd be interesting to learn about his parents. Maybe I'm more interested in other characters, but like just that, getting the backstory of that popular bully well, uh, cuz that's what he will turn out to be well that was a thing that i noticed with season 1 was like we find out in the first episode when maya like confronts him in the in the front yard of the school like she says no <laughs> about like and that's why your dad is dead so we know that his oh, dad yeah. is dead <gasps> and it's oh i forgot right? doesn't he cry i think he, he starts cry? to cry <laughs> yeah well, and it's similar, like, we don't see as much of Heather this season, but, like... <laughs> oh, my God, that, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, man, Maya, that was rough. That was really yeah. rough, Maya. But, like, with Heather, you know, like, her parents are divorced, and she had that awful mother, oh, Deb, uh, with the uh, hats. And so, like, we know, uh, like, the popular kids have kind of these tragic backstories. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. I can see why they're they're... Yeah, the, those parents aren't the nice parents, Mary. No, no, those are not parents. Yeah. I feel like of all the parents on the show, I really like Sam's parents. Uh, oh, of course you I, do, because you would talk to them for I hours, would. Mary. And like <laughs> Sam's mother, when Anna just starts singing the Bagel Bites commercial, she just kind of like glances away, and it's such like a BSA moment. <laughs> it's so funny. But like, 
I, I think, well, you know, Nick and I talked about this in the episode, like Sam is a really good kid and I love that it tracks back to the parents in the same way okay, that yeah. Heather is kind of a, like a bratty diva and it tracks back to her mother, you know? Mm-hmm. And Maya yeah, and, I feel like, and Anna, yeah, even with right. them, like Maya yes. is, there is kind of a, a, she is a little wackadoo, but like, I also feel like some of that is because her dad's not around. And so she's just like, she's kind of rebounding off of his, his, you know, uh, lack of presence and like the way she reacts when he comes home. Uh, mm. and Anna obviously is just classic child of divorce. just trying to keep things, you know, keep the peace because someone has to in the house, you know? Yeah. And it seems like that's her role in Maya's life. Yes. too. Like she's just there to be rescued. And that's also why I loved the scene where Maya rescues Anna. Oh, I was just going to say, like, you know... Oh, I, I teared oh. up, Mary. That was a beautiful moment. Like, I need you to stay here. Like, I'm your family. Like, you know, you're here. Like, oh, that, that was in episode three. I oh. love that. I actually... And maybe it was because, like, obviously I've just moved and, like, I think all mm. of my emotions are a little, like... Everything's a little bit, you know, in the ether of, like, a new chapter. I, I was very emotional this entire season. I... I feel like most of the episodes, I anything, anytime it like eventually, anytime it even cut to Gabe, I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't hold it together. I was just, but like, yeah, I love that moment when when Maya is the one to comfort Anna because we don't, we typically see the vice versa of that, right. This whole season for me was a hug. I mean, I watched mm. it all in one day and I needed it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like a, a release. Uh, seven minutes in, I think I texted you. I was like, I am so happy because I got all of these references. Just even I watching the show, I could smell the chlorine in that pool. Yep. Mm-hmm. The the idea of a pool party in the summer, yeah, uh, you know, like uh, uh, all of that, and then all of the kids kind of like doing their own kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The mom, uh, you know, having a you know being strict about things. Um, I thought about like the house being cold with air conditioning, and you being yes, especially cold because yes. you're in the pool. Yes. I thought about how like the high sea boxes were probably like lukewarm at that point. Oh my God! Just, the uh, yeah, go ahead. well, just and like just the yeah, the array of snacks, like just all of it, just the feel of like oh yeah, there's Oreos and Cheetos and like, uh the idea that there weren't that many kids in the pool also mm-hmm. is uh especially at the start of a party is also very real yeah because nobody really wants to take out their shirt. I was surprised to see. Um, uh, what's his face? Is it Brandon? Is it Brandon? Brandon. Uh, Brandon. Brandon. Um, uh, Costner. Uh, yeah. with his shirt off because I was like, the other storyline here that I didn't see is I don't want to take off my shirt. Oh yeah, I didn't see any swim shirts, which is which is a narrative that I was like, well, that that is me. At I was pool waiting party. for yeah. it. Yes, but, I was waiting for yeah. it. Didn't get it. I thought maybe I would get it from Sam. Uh, just because I think I mentioned this to you before we started talking about Pen15, but there's a little nuance with Sam that I don't think was intentional, but that just resonated with me. When Sam is in his onesie as a wrestler, he's consistently covering up his waist or his love handles. Mm-hmm. His hands are on his waist, but they're, they're, he's holding them in such a way that he's like actively blocking the, the, the stick out mm-hmm. that might be there. Mm-hmm. And I, I just found that detail i was like i wonder if that's 
was directed. Well, it's kind of the way that like Anna crosses her arm across her waist, you know, like there are mm. certain, there is certain body language that is really specific and like intentional. And I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I feel like just in terms of swim shirts, Gabe would be the one to keep his shirt on. Oh yeah. And he's the gay one. The other, that's the other nuance about Gabe that I love is that yes, the overweight kid would be. Yeah. Gay. I mean, the other character of Ian is kind of the, like on the nose gay kid, but Gabe right. is a, is a different brand of gay kid that exists and is real yep. and like, I just, and will blossom right. And will we'll blossom, blossom because he's a, he's creative and he's funny and he's like he's underdeveloped, yeah. right? Like there's he's shorter, he hasn't sprouted yet, and he still has like quote unquote the baby fat uh-huh. on top of kind of being overweight. Um, you know, for whatever reason. And then, yeah, he's that kind of creative, quirky, still doing the comics thing. And then just him putting on the alpha voice, like it's studied. Yeah. It, I feel like it's studied in, and he acted it in an, or it was directed in a nuanced way of like, you know, he's doing an impression always and he's good at impressions. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. God, he was so good in that play. He was just so He was so funny. good in that play. He was so good in that And play. I loved when Sam walks in with his arm around him. Yeah, I know. Uh. I, he, Gabe is easily, like, my favorite character. Like, I oh. I adore Anna and Maya. I still love Maya. I, I still love and Maya. And I think between the two of them, I think Anna, obviously, I, I connect with more on, like, some of the deeper... I mean, I, I admire... Oh, sure. I admi- Child of the Yeah, divorce. I admire the character and the performance of Maya because it's so fucking good but like it's in terms of like it's so good yeah i mean they're both just so good and i i love like the and obviously maya gets to like show her adult acting skills this episode this season with that oh yeah and it was i mean it just blew me away i just like it was the same feeling of what <laughs> you rat bastard. It was incredible. <laughs> it was that same feeling of mommy, of, mommy. Yeah, like watching the cigarette smoke. How she mm-hmm. exhaled. How she would ash. There was so much to that performance yeah. that I'm like, and and it was, it was so it was comedic enough. You know what I mean? Yes. Like she, it was it was still comedic. It didn't jump I think too that, far from like who she right. was. Um, yeah, but it still felt like, like again, like Valerie being Mallory leaving the the phone, mm. the message. It was like, <laughs> I just was like, oh my god, like, yeah, it, yeah, it, you you couldn't look away, right? And and then it got extended in that really crazy scene where the drama teacher is emotionally abusing her, and then she like goes, mm-hmm. you know, goes to that place, and he's like, do the scene, right? And she. Kills it, and we get to see it again. Oh God! Oh, it, I, I we were we were spoiled. Yeah, spoiled the last two episodes. Well, for sure. And that teacher, Greg, was. Oh, what what else was he in, Mary? I was looking it up. I, what, I, what's he from? I didn't necessarily know him from anything else. I thought he was like there was. I was. I I liked him. I mean, I as a character, I was like, oh, this is a very real person. The character, yeah, yes. Um, I mean, the actor is very good looking. Um, Michael. Oh, his name is like oh you're gonna, you're gonna die. Yeah, I almost said it was Michael Angelo or uh, Michael Angelo, but that's not that's it. Nice. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not that's my name. name. Uh, no, he's he's been in things. I know it. Uh, man. Oh. I I don't watch This Is Us. So I oh, right. One. He got like nominated for like an Emmy for that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
I'm not I'm not seeing any movies. He, is he an alum? I know him from. No, he's not an alum. He's not an alum. He's in, he was in Seabiscuit. He's young. Yeah, he's younger um, than us. Yeah. Yeah, he's a young guy. Um, wow, 1995 started working. Um, oh, he played Elliot. He played, uh, maybe that's what I know him from. In Will and Grace, he played the son, Elliot. Oh, my God, of course. Wow. Yes, yes. Oh, I, my God, of course. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I That's what I, know, what him I know him from. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking through if I know any of these other movies. Uh, but I don't. No. Yeah. Uh, no, I, don't I don't know anything else. That's what I know him from. Weird. He was good. Um, he, wa- he was good. There, there's... There's another note that I think I would have played. There were some things that I don't think he quite got, like the the emotional manipulation game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like there were some things that I think could have gone in a different direction, but still the character was written in such a way where I'm like, yes, yes, this is the drama teacher. Yeah. And he would be called Greg. Yeah. They'd say calm Greg. Yeah. yeah. I just, I feel to me, and this obviously is the costuming, but the moment I saw him wearing those like tennis sneakers with like, of course, I was like, oh, I know everything I need to know about this yes. guy. Oh my God. Yes. And then the yeah. like headband yeah. thing during like hell week. It was just, Oh, I can't even, oh. I can't even. Yeah. He was, he was that young 22, 23 year old teacher mm-hmm. that is, is, you know, just came out of, Tish drama school, you know, like something stupid like that. Um, but uh, and took himself a little too seriously for middle school. And the way he dressed his classroom, I don't even know if they were in a classroom or if it was the teacher's lounge, but there it's not uncommon for that type of school to have a couch and a rug in the drama room. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I I feel like he um well, I don't know what I was gonna say, but he yeah, I I think I just knew who this person was. I feel like the play told me a lot about him. Like uh, from what yeah, we saw, he wrote and directed, and it was it. terrible. Yeah. It was so heavy-handed. <laughs> it, was so bad. it was so like classic heavy-handed thinking. You're writing something important, you know. Well, speaking of speaking of who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, like they were these, they were these like honeymooner characters from middle school. That, it's yeah. like what? <laughs> yeah, like that was so strange to me. And then also like to realize this was not. I guess they probably maybe they have many productions, but I love that like the theater wasn't full. Like it was probably like oh I a love that full. I love that detail. Yeah, I love that detail. No, because let me tell you, Mary, in those middle school auditoriums, it's they have to fit the whole school in there. Yeah, right. And it for me, it's from what I'm gathering about this particular school is that it's very large. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you getting that too? I mean, that it, it, this is a large middle it's school. A big, yeah, it's a big old public school. Yeah, uh, and. And and it seems like that would house eight hundred to a thousand seats. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it is it's a huge not auditorium. like a three hundred. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. So it, I did love that nuance, but also that, yeah, like who's gonna come see the it, yeah the drama teachers play right. It's also plays never sell out as much as musicals. The cast is only four kids, and that's the other thing is is like when you have a small cast for a play in school. Then only those people's circles are going to come see. Right, it. like that's the thing with the musicals. You get well, you get every kid's parents and their friends mm-hmm. and family and grandmas. Right. Yeah, right. Um, yes. Yeah. So it just it was, uh, and and just yeah, if we talked about this before, but just like the the tech crew versus actors Ugh. and just like 
I love that, like, Brilliant. the actors being like, oh, our sho- we, we usually rehearse with our shoes off, and the actor, the tech crew just having none of it. Uh, oh god like when they flip the script and it's like oh god here come the actors they're gonna do all this they're gonna be crazy because i was i was on both sides of the the stage or both sides of the curtain as they say um and because uh, i totally get when you're a techie the actors are the worst and ruin the show yeah but with the prop table nuance when they're like you have to put your find your light warmth are you getting warmth like all of that right. was Brilliant. It was, it was, I mean, it's, those are the things that happen in high school. And for me, it was high school, high school theater. Cause you get those stage managers that are students that get on their high horse and then speak like that to the actors. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's such a power <laughs> trip. Absolutely. It's like, it, it just, because, and I think there's also that sense of like, well, I am like the logic and the structure and the skeleton of this. And you're just like, you know, the actors are just like the the fleshy bits, you know? And so like mm. that idea that like, well, the tech crew, like that has to all be, you know, all the technical side of things has to be ironed out and figured out. Whereas like the acting side of it seems more like flowery and less like technical, obviously. Right, right. Well, just like even uh, Gabe and Maya having their date in his room and then cutting away to Anna, who has her own little date of like, polishing the props yeah. and making sure the flowers are just right and you know the idea of turning off the lights in the auditorium and being the last one to leave the school like all of that is very 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 real during quote unquote hell week oh I love that that was how episode 6 ended was the lights going out and Anna like seeing herself out with the flashlight I was mm-hmm. like oh totally. and how important she felt do being yeah. that person oh it was it was great well because that's and that nuance too like like best friends one of them is going to audition and the other one is not going to get in what does the friend do well okay i still want to be a part of this mm-hmm. with my friends so i'm going to all just do tech and that that's so real especially in my own history mm-hmm. like there we are my friend group was a blend of techies and then you know the awful awful actors and uh yeah and that's just how they made it work so we could all go to the cast party together uh-huh. so that we could all eat in the theater together you know well, it accommodates different personality types because some kids are techie types and some kids are acting mm-hmm. types and like right. they can be friends but like yeah not everyone is a show person you know uh yeah and it's yeah it's i, I the, the one thing i thought you know in terms of like another techie kid i could have seen that little girl tara from season one, the one who was in the fashion show, the little oh, weird her. kid. She yeah. that's that kind of girl is on the tech crew. <laughs> that's a tech girl. Yeah, there's it's a whole other show, right? High school tech. Yeah, and then who those kids are because they they have other things going on, or they have nothing else going right. on, right? They're they're even more socially awkward than the actors on stage. Oh, completely, and. You know, and so this gives them a purpose. It gives them a community. They get praised. Their parents get to come see them in something that they're not in, you know, but they're backstage. I loved how Brendan called himself the lighting designer. Like, oh, yeah. And like <laughs> how his girlfriend corrects him. Oh, this is the master of props. Master of like, props. Oh, right, well, and, right. and I think 
even the way that they talk about like Final Destination and like like having these very serious oh, adult oh, opinions. Oh, he was amazing. Oh. He was amazing. It was so written so well. Perfect. It was written so well because that would be the tech kids. Yeah. Having that kind of a nuanced like, oh, well, you know, if, if you, what did he say? Like, if you like to watch movies. Right. There, there's just right? like that strong authoritative <laughs> opinion. It's like, you don't know shit. Like... <laughs> Oh, I love it because it's it. Oh, I you know, season one got so much right and and so much like accurate, I should say, that it almost you almost can't believe that there's more that they could get as correct. And they just get I know it, season two. You know, when it first started, I was like, oh, it it, it moves because season one is a little more episodic in terms of the things they deal with. Sure. <clears throat> Whereas season two kind of like stays with, I would say like, you know, the first I would say like first two episodes maybe follow the same narrative and then the second two episodes like the first two are kind of about Brant and then the third mm-hmm. and the fourth are really about um, Mora, Mora right? and then the f- and the fifth I'm maybe getting a little bit wrong but basically those are the big plot oh no because the, fir- the first two are about Brant the third one is about being witches the fourth and oh, the fifth right. are, that one I was like uh. that was a little weird that wasn't my experience but I can understand for some kids it was I mean I did seances all the time yeah right like I was also a gay kid I I grew up with the craft and and all of that like uh, teen witch like I I got the seances I got like that whole thing and I also got that they're you know they're th- these particular girls are they're more fantastical and mm-hmm. they, they live in their fantasies a lot, yeah. uh, which I think is very real, um, especially when it comes to like dating. Oh my God. The whole season opened with them playing mash, which brilliant. I was like, I was sold. Yeah. <laughs> like, thank you for bringing me back to mash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think yeah. like the, that sort of narrative structure where it's like, they cover, you know, really these, like, it's like dealing with Brant and all of that dealing with Mora and then the play. And I, I thought that was a great structure that, yeah, you know, there's a through line obviously throughout of like Anna's parents and, you know, just Anna and my in general and Gabe and whatnot. But I think having those be like the tent pole themes gave the, this season a different structure that I wasn't ready for at first, but in retrospect, I really enjoyed. Yeah. They're the way that they were able to weave in all of the other characters in these storylines, right? Especially with, you know, if you think about with with the boys, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in uh, that, which is basically the first two episodes when they're dealing with the that awful boy that you know doesn't want to admit that he did something to them and whatever, and then the slut shaming and all of that. Of course, the parents are going to, or at least Maya's parents are going to, kind of be involved in that. Mm-hmm. There's going to be the the outside kids kind of chiming in, and then with Mora, there's going to be a lot more parent involvement, and then the play. Right. I loved how at the very end, of course, yeah, the parents are part of this dance, too. That was a brilliant sequence mm-hmm. when they're all doing the dance. Oh, Jesus. Mary. I forgot about that. That was brilliant. brilliant. It was brilliant. It was, I mean, I keep saying show, don't tell, but that was such a perfect example of when the show is going well. This is what it feels like. Everything is yes. just in in a rhythm. Oh, I yeah. loved that. The parents are doing the dance. Oh. The director's doing the dance. The lighting person. Everybody's doing this little dance. Oh. I love that. that and beautiful. then, uh, really, really beautiful with the glitter. I, it was just mm-hmm. really well said. I mean, granted, am I... 
I would be lying if I said I wanted to watch the play. Of course, but of course. <laughs> That's another way they could have done this is really showing us like the play, the play and having us suffer through it. But I think <laughs> to, like at that point it was like, you know, we were we were given we we were, we had enough of a sense of what it was and that this was such a surprising choice that the show does instead of just kind of like wallowing in embarrassment and humiliation like we get these moments like this where it's like like you know the from season 1 the talent show obviously maya has that like insane drum solo but like anna has like a great singing solo and does really mm-hmm. well yeah and she she sings the solo to oh my god to, when she uh, sings Greg. to greg oh god anna singing ave maria well, i will never get tired of it uh, he's like, wow, you really have a really range. range. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think the nuance here the, in the last episode that I loved, and granted, like, it depends on where you are from and what your theater group was like in high school or middle school. But, like, the fact that the cast party was at a restaurant mm-hmm. that included all of the parents yeah. is very middle school. Yes, that's the and, difference from high school is the parents yeah. were there. Yeah. Yeah, and so you see the parents interacting with the kids and other people's kids, and everybody's kind of sitting at different tables, but like mingling. And then there's the boys whose parents didn't come, mm-hmm. right? Like Gabe's Gabe's parents, I don't think sat with him and his friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also I just love that. I was I love that feeling of also like when they're all leaving together. Anyway, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say the. the I was wondering what that scene. Oh, I, I loved everything at that restaurant. I lo- every, that was just such a great final act where yeah, it was such a great example of how do you how do you play an ensemble in one scene because we really did get <laughs> something from everybody. But I was wondering if the opening of Maya and Anna going into the kitchen, if this was an homage to Goodfellas. You know, did you ever know in the beginning of Goodfellas, there's like a long like five minute single take sequence of like Ray Liotta and Lorraine Bracco and like, going through the back. Yes. 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 And I, it's towards the beginning. It's when he's, you know, yeah, they, it's their first date yeah. and he, he gets let in and he gets the best table in the house. And I felt yes. like this was kind of an homage to that. Cause it was all a single take. It was just like, I, and I just love that. I, and I, but it, what it said to me was obviously Goodfellas and Pen15 are very different narratives, but like that energy of like, oh, we're on top of the world right now. We own this place, you know? Like, oh, sure. But meanwhile, what the nuance here that I, I don't know if you caught this, because I just remember whenever we had a cast party at a diner, Matt's diner in, uh, you know, right next to Hohokas, oh. um, or I think in actually Hohokas, um, Matt's diner, they hated it. Because we would come like every night. And so the nuance in this is you see the waitress Mm -hmm. just rolling her eyes, weaving through these kids. Yes. She can't stand it. Oh, she hates it. Can't stand that conniving little snub. Um, It's just like, you know, back in the day. She walks through through Sam and Maya talking Uh at one point. Yes, yes. It's uh, it, it does remind me of going to Applebee's and at 10 p.m. was half price appetizers. And it was just like, mm. oh, these fucking kids are never going to leave now because you can get. The- yeah. And they're all up. They're all standing. They're all mingling yeah. because there's not one big table no one's tipping. and nobody had a house. Yeah. Nobody's tipping all of that. They're not supposed to be standing in the middle of the mm-hmm. restaurant. You know, <laughs> Yeah, this isn't like they didn't rent it out. Yeah. 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 They just showed up. <laughs> oh. You know, and I, I love 
you know, I it's it's interesting how he wasn't as much the focus, but I I I just love the casting of Maya's father, Richard Karn. I think he's so there's something mm. about him that I just Karn, Karn mm, fresh Karn, fresh Karn. Uh, I just love him. I think he's such a great actor, and like it. He, I don't know. Think about like a warm hug. I just enjoy like yeah. I enjoy him, and I enjoy his character, and I, I just love Maya's parents. I really, I I'm obsessed Same. with her mother. I think they're just Same. I, I love the brother too. Yeah, and I I like that there was kind of you know. He, uh, some validation, you know, like congratulating Maya at the restaurant. Like I like that he, yeah, he and he he came. Yeah, he came. I love that he came. He came you know, yeah. he was, of course, that family brings the the son. Yeah, right. Yeah, like I think again, like those surprising narratives where it's not just Maya and Shuji like being at odds, but there are those moments where you can bond and where like the fight, you know, is you know a truce for a moment. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That that whole sequence, I thought, was just so smart mm-hmm. that they picked that place uh, to to do this. And then the the, the stuff in the parking lot, yes. like it just seemed so specific to me. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And like huh. and it made me very excited for the second half of the season because I do think they set up a lot of really great like elements. And I, I just I'm hoping we get more of Gabe. I just I need more of that narrative. It's just because they're doing it so well. It's like, oh, you know, don't stop yeah. now. Ugh. Yeah, what happens to Gabe, right? Does he... Uh, yeah, what do we get more Gabe? Do we or are they just going to like kind of let that go or do we see more Ian and Gabe? Mm. Obviously, this is about Anna and Maya. So, it seems mm-hmm. like Gabe's kind of done. He walks away, you know, I yeah. the whole hand-holding thing. Oh my god, I totally got it. Uh, I just avoiding the oh, kiss. To be, uh, yes. Yeah. Avoiding the kiss, avoiding the hand, uh holding hands in front of people mm-hmm. and then letting go. Uh, well, I think that I, like the fact that we start getting some of like Sam having his own narrative outside of Maya and Anna told me like, oh, okay, maybe the show is going to open up a little bit. And like, I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe. I don't necessarily expect like Becca to get her own storyline, but I feel like we know enough of Gabe. We've had alone moments with Gabe now, right? That, right. Like, I think they've explored his burgeoning sexuality without Maya enough that they'd have to keep telling that story. I hope so. I mean, I did also appreciate the boys. And again, this is because I'm me and I do want them to tell their story. You know, this is from their, mm-hmm. their own collective hearts, but t- I loved when the sleepover calls the boy. Yeah. Sleepover. Yes. I loved that yes. because it's such a different vibe. It's, it's a little quieter, especially when it's only two. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's different if it's like five boys at a sleepover. But this was only two. It was Sam and his gay friend Gabe. Yeah. And it's always quieter. Oh, it's 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 less drama. It's less emotions. Yeah. It, it's just it's less performing. Yeah. yeah. And Sam is just like, oh, they're just pranking me, whatever. Like Sam is just like not he doesn't really take the bait. And uh, oh, I love Sam. I just I'm so glad he's like a good kid who isn't like an angel. You know, he's not perfect, but like he's someone who is like, oh, like as an adult, like Sam's going to be like a good person. Like I the, a good this is like a good egg, you know, I think he's he's yeah, he he re- he finally recognized what he did to Maya was bad, yeah. which is good. Uh, and uh, at that time, at that time, right, like that's what that's what you did when you were given an anonymous. Yeah. 
outlet. I did right? it. You're I like, mean, oh, how do I talk to the girl that I like? You know? Yeah. Uh, the three-way calling is a similar thing. Like, how do I, how can I find out information? How can I, you know, do this? Uh, and so you do the blind or mute, muted three-way mm-hmm. calling thing. There's, uh, kids are kids. They're, they're, they're figuring out what's right and wrong too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was something that I, I read a quote from like Anna Conkle. I think she was saying like, you know, a lot of these conflicts we set up, the intention was not to resolve everything because that's how it is when you're 13 is like, you just live with this stuff. Like it yeah. doesn't get resolved. Like what happened? They're traumas. Yeah. They're just traumas. You know, like mm-hmm. that, that conversation between Anna and her mom in the last episode was amazing, but it, it didn't resolve everything, you know, but it, it still gave that sense of like, oh, I, I just needed, I just, I needed this moment. Like I needed them to kind of come together, but the conflicts are really only getting worse at this point, you know? Mm, um, yeah. But I, I do yeah. love that they're like for Anna, like kind of the cliffhanger of this is that she's, I think we've always seen her getting along more with her dad and being more similar to her dad than her mom. Like, in season one certainly and into season two and i think there's the the narrative switch to like suddenly she's identifying more with her mother but she's already aligned so much of herself in a way with her father that he's almost like her father gives off this energy of like as if he knows that she's going to want to live with him you know um and like that he's got the cool car and and i and i can certainly attest to this is like the divorced parent who all of a sudden has like oh well you'll get this and you'll i mean my dad did that with my brother you know jesus christ and it's like i i just Uh. i love that they're exploring that and uh. i i think anna is i think anna is going to feel very lost and not know what to choose or how to choose or who to align with. Mm-hmm. And so I think she's going to make some really rebellious decisions. And I think that's how they were setting up with the freshman yes. boy Yes, that she is going to turn to, you know, because then it's, it seems like Maya might be setting things up with a boyfriend, you know, and that's going to change. And then Anna's going to be left there. Like, you know, not really knowing what to do. And I think she's going to turn to exploring more of her, kind of sexuality that's mm-hmm. going to come out of this uh, or just her rebellious side mm-hmm. that's going to come out of this. Cause she's a very good girl. She I was going to say she's, she's certainly more mature than Maya. Uh, yeah. And it's interesting that Maya's having her period first because there is right. a sense of more that like Anna is actually the one who's more mature, but, uh, but I also, I love that that distinction of the less mature one is navigating, you know, these sort of, you know, physical maturation situations. Sure. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I'm very curious to see how I agree. I think Anna is going to start to rebel and I'm really interested in that because that is again, wildly accurate. And at the same time, <laughs> I'm really excited to see Maya mature a little bit. I think, what we've seen between she's a baby. She's still, she's still baby, the baby. Right. But I think like that bond that she starts to develop with her mother is it's like, Oh, this is, this is good. I, I love that theme of like both Anna and Maya deepen their relationships with their mothers this season. Mm. And I, I think that's great. Yeah. I think, I mean, there, Maya still reads to me as like, mom, like it, there's still it's that. It's still there, but they've had yeah, more good that's moments. Still, that's very seventh grade. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. They have had more good moments. I loved, oh my God, did I love the freak out that she had 
in the store oh when they were shopping. God. Oh my God. It, like the moment that she calls her mother a bitch and then her mother starts approaching her and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> oh, and like her mother was just so good in that she just like, stop being such a, like a selfish, spoiled bitch or whatever. Bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. You just called me a bitch in front of my friend. I'm going like, to call the police. Oh, I'm God. calling dad. <laughs> and I love, uh, the fixation with the oversized Tommy Hilfiger oh, shirt. Oh, God. Because that's also very real. Because, oh, my God, why are you buying that trash, girl? Oh, yeah. Like, are you kidding it's me? It's garbage. You look ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like nobody cares about a Tommy Hilfiger T-shirt, but I love how important it feels to them. Yes. But also, it was a designer. Yeah. It was a logo that she associated, especially back then, with, like, cool sexy mm-hmm. right it was like when all the screen names at least the gay screen names were like abercrombie boy yep. and yep. you know oh my god yeah god imagine being like an adult gay like in your 20s when like abercrombie was a thing like imagine ugh, like it was a thing in college but still like i wasn't like developed enough as a as a, like a gay man i wasn't like going out but like uh just that idea of like abercrombie culture Oh, with cologne that and fierce uh, that that smell like <laughs> yeah, Mary. Uh, no, I, I yeah, I was um. So I I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I dated somebody when I was a freshman. I dated an older boy who was a senior. Uh, he was my um, uh, confirmation retreat leader. Oh God. Oh my God. Anyway, we we developed like this little fling. It was very innocent-ish, but um he he was an 18-year-old Abercrombie gay, you know, mm-hmm. 1999, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and so I I stayed friends with him through college and you know, he went to a very preppy college in Boston and I I remember going to visit him and all of his friends were of that Abercrombie gay culture like it was a it was a thing for older kids Mm -hmm. too and it was just as sad because you know whatever age you were you still kind of lacked an identity when you were first coming out of course oh my god yeah like you're still just like a an an ovum of a human being uh sure what college did he go to I I don't want to (laughs) say Well, you haven't said his uh, name. No one's going to put... You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. 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 Uh, Boston College. Oh. Oh. Oh, God. You guys so conservative. Ugh. Yeah, right? Oh, right? That school is so totally. conservative. Ugh. Yeah. not a yeah, school to I, go to as a gay kid. Right. I had... When I went up to visit, I was 16. Um, I had sex with his best friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> in In his dorm room... While his roommate was sleeping in the next bed. Oh my god! Well, <laughs> Boston College for you, you know. He that that man, uh, you know, he was you know a college freshman. Um, he he's the one that introduced me to Nelly Furtado and Turn Off the Light. Actually, yeah. Oh, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. He wore uh, thumb rings. He was that gay. Oh, did he have a puka shell necklace? <laughs> no, he didn't have that, but he had thumb rings. And I remember, you know, that was when you were 16, just trying to come out with gel in your hair, a thumb ring was right around the corner. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> at that point, like the earring in the left ear to signify that you're gay, I think was a little out of date. So like, how else could you let people know? Right, right. And the thumb ring you could put on at school and take off when you went home. Yes, and it was such like an accessory. It was such like a... Yeah. Oh, yeah, with like some, yeah. you know, 
faggy little hands. Ugh. Exactly. Oh my god. And uh, this guy that I was that you know I knew from high school, he was dating this this guy when I when I went to visit him, who smoked cloves. Ugh. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> the craft called. <laughs> He smoked cloves. Oh, God. Anyway, back to Pen15. Uh, I'm glad that we talked about MASH. Uh, that was a really great detail. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, yeah, uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see the second half of the season. I'm very disappointed that I have to wait. I know, um, I know. A while. We have to wait a it's while. At least at too. some point next year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that doesn't make me happy at all. Um, I would be down to do a deep dive on many of these characters to even like maybe do a you know another episode on mora and maybe another episode just on gabe um or or something else uh maybe even one episode um because yeah there's so much more to say about mora especially yeah that was i like i was just so impressed when they first introduced her i was like oh oh," like i kind of fell for it and i was like oh yeah that's exactly how this happens that's exactly how this happens. It's like, oh, like the relief of somebody who like defends you and validates you. And like, before you know it, you're at their house. Like I just, it was so well played. And, and I just, I could not believe that they knew who this girl was. It's like, how did you know? Mm. How did you know that I was friends with girls like this well into college, you know? <laughs> Wow. I feel like you have a theme, Colin, of finding these types of I do, people yes, in your life. Yes. I, I, I draw in these those types of people. Gaslight. Yeah, yeah. I haven't quite figured out what the <laughs> recipe is, but it is indeed uh, a skill that I have. Yeah. Uh, I also would be interested in hearing about how the slut shaming stuff responded to experiences that you had. Uh, just about rumors in middle school and, um, you know, how they weren't fake. I had this whole experience where there was a boy at a sleepover I was at that, you know, did, did he was being funny. He was being a clown. And then one of his friends that was at the sleepover, Adam, um, he got into a fight with him, with Jeff was the kid's mm-hmm. name. And then started spreading a rumor about him, how he masturbated at that sleepover in front of everybody. Oh, wow. And it turned into this whole thing where then uh, people were prank calling Jeffrey's house, uh, you know, laughing into the answering machine saying, ha, 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 you masturbated in front of your friends. And then it turned into this joke of Michael Jackson's Beat It being sung to Jeff whenever he was like in the hallway. Oh God, kids are awful. <laughs> I know, I know, kids are, terrible. kids are terrible. And you know, I'm friends with both of these boys, and I'm like in the middle, and I'm like, oh my God, like I didn't know, I didn't know who started the rumor. I just knew that it wasn't me. And then of course it was Adam, because Adam and Jeff got into a fight. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was oh God. So that that whole thing happened on the boy side for me. There's plenty of rumors about girls I remember hearing. It was just such a thing. And especially when most of these children that have these sexual rumors started about them haven't even sexualized themselves yet. Yeah, like it, it's it's so underdeveloped. I mean, like, I mean, I had a similar thing. It wasn't like so sexual. It was more just I got in a fight with a kid and then he started spreading rumors that I was gay. And then that's kind of what kicked off you know, the rest of my sixth, seventh, and eighth grade into high school. So that was great. Uh, 
you know, I'm not that I revel in this, but you know, I, and I don't think it's karma. I just I think it's an observation. We think about whatever happened to those people who like quote unquote ruined our lives or whatever. And like mm. that kid, I'm well, you know, it's funny. Cause like so many of these like bullies then become like your Facebook friends when you're adults. And you know, like, why, why would you want to be in touch with me? Uh, and he, uh, for whatever it's worth, had a serious heroin problem and is now in recovery and I guess is getting his life back together. But it's, uh, he's certainly nowhere where I am in my life and I'm not shaming anybody for addiction, but just saying like, Hmm, you know, it's interesting how the scales of power shift, you know, and, and tilt, you know, in life. Oh, certainly. Uh, certainly. When someone yeah. who had so much power over my life, I look at now and I think, Oh wow. I, I have so much more power over my life now than you have. Like, I don't see you, you as a powerful have no person. Power over me. Right, yeah. right. I see you as right. kind of like, oh, someone who's got struggles, you know? Uh, but, I mean, I do remember this, fr- in terms of the girls, I remember this, like, like they talk about in Pen15, the girl putting the ice cube in her vagina. And I remember a friend of mine, like, I guess... It was like one of those, you know, like in Pen15, like some conversation had about like early masturbation and and the details I knew was that she would like wear a mitten <laughs> and lay on the tub. And like I just knew that. And so like that became like the rumor about her was like, oh, yeah, Christine and her mitten, you know. Uh, and like it just became like I don't think anyone like out and out teased her about it, but we all knew about it, you know. Wow. Wow. Well, there was... Oh my God. I don't want to say her last name, but uh, this girl, Jenny, who I don't know, I think I might have talked about this on a previous episode like years ago, but uh, she is who I think about when I, when I hear the movie Titanic uh, or think about the movie Titanic because we went to go see Titanic together and she tried to um, jerk me off in the theater. Oh God. Uh, this was seventh grade. Please let but, go, Jenny. Um, Please let go. <laughs> I know, right? Oh God. It was, I, it was pretty dark when you like stop and think about it. Um, and you know, my heart goes out to that little girl. Um, in retrospect, I didn't know at the time. I didn't tell anybody at the time. Mm. Um, uh, I think people like saw us kiss. And so, uh, like Marissa Jimenez told people that we kissed in the theater, but that's it. Otherwise, Jenny then took it upon herself to, tell people that she had a threesome with me and my best friend Adrian, who was also like rumored to be gay. And so she kind of became a beard, but she started the rumor herself um, because she had her own challenges and she had her own like uh, things that she wanted to overcome because she was kind of seen a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she would write on her arms like John A is hot. Like, Things like Adrian is hot, like all yeah. all this stuff. She was trying to create her own um, narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because you know, and for whatever reason, like she would, she taught me how to like how to how to freak and grind at the school dance. Like she was she was Latina, uh-huh. Latinx, um, and so she, you know, she taught me all those like fun dance moves and stuff like that. And so we were, I of course, the gay boy was fine to dance at the school dance. Oh yeah. So it was like me, Adrian, and Jenny Castan. Oh, 
<laughs> and Jenny um, dancing on the dance floor. Um, so <laughs> I almost said her last Whoops. name. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, and I think like, you know, not to, not to just assume, but I feel like a lot of times like kids like that, it, it hints at sometimes some darker things. Home life. Past. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. And that's kind of what I realized yeah. much later in life. Yeah. Like, when oh, I look back on yeah, it. Yeah. Like this doesn't come from nowhere, you know? Right. I, I stopped seeing it as, oh, that crazy girl, Jenny to more, oh, I'm glad I was her friend. I'm glad I was nice to her. Yeah, yeah. You like know? she was she was working through some shit she didn't even understand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, Ooh. Heavy shit. Yeah. <laughs> some heavy shit. But and and uh, indeed season two of Pen Fifteen was a was heavier and I yeah. Oh, especially with the divorce. Yeah, but I, I also feel like I like I prefer that. I want that. Like it's earned it for me. Like it was still very funny at points and like I love these characters and I was like, no, like this is, if it was all the traumas. Yeah. Like if it was always just funny, I think that the, the show would be missing so many opportunities that it's taking this season. Yeah. I mean, the slut shaming was the first start of it all. Like that was super dark, right. With what Brant was doing to them and doing to Maya. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, just the how Mora's story ended was also really dark. Yes, like it really hinted at like, oh, this is like, this is not good. And like it, it just made me want to know more about that. And that's why I think I'm so fascinated by her mother because it's like, mm. we don't ever hear about her father. I We don't, we just, we don't, yep. you know, and I think that there is something to that of like Mora's mother, like just on on her own, just trying to keep the peace and like, alone in this huge house this huge like mcmansion of a house clearly oh yeah her way of getting rid of a friend that they don't like anymore is saying oh yeah she moved to arizona like there's Mm -hmm. some there's some story there you know i I think that that friend never existed i think oh no we know it didn't we know like i don't think it's based on any truth i think all of it was just like mora cannot keep friends because she's she's clearly got some issues and so like that I like I think that just told me so much that she's just got this like this this whole lie of like oh yeah well she's in Arizona and well I wonder if that's like that's where her dad right is, like know? the choice to say Arizona like where did she where did she pick that right. up yeah mm-hmm. right right yeah Mora oh god I, I keep thinking about her lips when mm-hmm. she smiles mm-hmm. there's this oh I so the casting is great. So happy Becca's back. Yeah. Uh, I follow, I, I, I think I made our Twitter account follow her on um, Twitter. Yeah. She, so. I, she must have an alert for <laughs> Pen15 because anytime I post anything we've ever posted on Pen15, I feel like she's liked. Uh, oh, good. So I'm like, good, good. She deserves she's all great. the praise. She's a great uh, supporting character. Uh, uh, I, really I great. was so happy. She looked so different this season. From last season, I was like, oh, that is uh, Becca. A little older. A little older. Like, it was enough for me to, like, it took a minute to realize, like, oh, that's Becca. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, I'm just, I'm hopeful for more Becca. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I think they're all great. I, Maya and Anna, those, I, I'm just so happy they're doing the show. I don't know what's next for them. I don't know what to do with this voice uh, except to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just think they are outstanding and completely unsung right now. I don't know why more people aren't 
talking about I them. know. It, it makes me so worried that this is a show that's going to get canceled before it really gets to finish telling its story. Because I just, I think, I think anytime... It might get canceled and then come back in like three years, you know? Right, right. I mean, it's, I just feel like it's, you know, it's also the thing now of like, you know shows there's so many shows now like nothing is going to be like friends on thursday night must see tv audiences you know but i think for the people who are watching pen 15 they're like people are loving it and connecting with it and getting it i think the reviews have been really strong for it throughout i feel like the critical response has been strong and so uh and hopefully i don't know like not needing to kind of support advertisers and whatnot like i don't know i just i want it to just continue i think I wonder, I keep thinking about like, if they're like, whether it be the second half of season two or into season three, like, are they going to address nine 11? You know, how do you address that? Cause that's looming in these girls lives, oh. you know? Well, they're, 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 they're staying in seventh grade. Well, I, well, no, cause I think that this, like, I, I mean, they're still in seventh grade, but it's, it's the, like, it's the year 2000. Like, it's not gonna be like the Simpsons where like, they never age out of this. Like, Okay. Eventually, I feel like the timeline, like as they, you know, they keep showing these girls, you know, lives eventually is going to intersect with that. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll see how that, uh, what they do with the uh, perpetual seventh gradeness, much like the Simpsons, mm-hmm. right? Where it just like lives and tells these very specific stories and where it goes. Um, I, it, the show excites me to no end. I love that the genre is cringe comedy. Um, you know, it's very the comeback. Yeah, and it's like cringe without it being like there are some shows that I feel like are cringe to the point of being like I can't even enjoy this. You know, uh, like I feel sure. like this, like Pen Fifteen, always like like there is still kind of a it gives in eventually. You know, like mm, they get okay. to have a snappy comeback or they get to have some kind of emotional connection or they win in some way. And it's not just mired in like their embarrassment, which I think is great. Yeah, that's true. There's uh, it seems just it seems very thought out. It seems like there there's a specific there's a, there's a specific point that they're trying to make, which I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, well, pen 15. Penis. 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 <laughs> I, uh, I would love to, putting this out there, I wouldn't mind an All Right Mary interview with Maya or Anna. Oh, my God. Because um, oh. I, I, And I wouldn't want to like necessarily talk about the show. I, ha- I do have questions about some storylines and things like that. But I do just want to talk about growing up in this era. Just... Talking about mm-hmm. that, um, I, I just to yeah to connect on that level for sure. Yeah, because they're like a little younger than us, but I still feel like right. it, they are. it's still yeah. enough of it is relevant enough. And like I would want to know if like when when you came to the decision to create this character of Mora, like walk me through that process because it's so specific that ha- like what was the thought process behind it? You know, what was the inspiration? What was the intention? You know, right. Right. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that uh, even if it does get canceled, that uh, we can get a get a a, a a crowdsource, you know, another another season. You know? Yeah. Well, and I feel like, you know, Hulu is a good place to be because I feel like other shows that have been canceled, Hulu has picked up. Uh, okay. So I feel like that's the mm-hmm. upside of some of these like, you know, web based platforms is like 
it leaves one, another one will pick it up. Mm. Totally. Well, what do you say we leave it there, Mary? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds great. Okay, cool. Well, Mary, I will see you next time uh, when we talk about Drag Race Holland and we're starting all right. Scary, Practical Magic, mm-hmm. it's all happening. It's all happening. Very excited. Best time of year. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What else, Mary? Are we? I don't think we do an outro with these things. No, I mean, you know, if you're if you're listening to this episode, you know how to get in touch with us. You know, uh, and uh, oh wait, you know what? This is a free episode. Oh, it's a free isn't episode. It? Maybe you don't know how to get in touch with us. <laughs> oh yeah, it's on a Patreon. So oh, how can people get in touch with us? They can follow us on Twitter at All Right Mary. They can email us at All Right Mary Podcast at gmail they can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or tasteofreality.com slash allright-mary. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Johnny Also, or you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Also One. And of course, you can find more of me on my other podcasts in the details, a celebration of nuance or best supporting podcast, a celebration of best supporting actresses. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, if you do want to be a Matreon and you would get bonus episodes that would kind of be like this and a lot of other things uh, every single week, you go to patreon.com slash all right, Mary. All right. Well, Mary's we'll see you next time. Hot scenes. <laughs> <laughs>